right, you geeks, welcome back into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Grey Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore, and with me from afar is Rue. Rue, do we have any technical problems you'd like to report to me at this point? Not that I know, well, except for my chapstick ran out, and I didn't realize that, so I apologize to uh, everyone. That is as close to a, the best kind of technical problem that we could possibly start the show with. So I'm going to take that as you guys can actually hear me and you can see me because this is a live show. Um, if not, then uh, hopefully someone will end this nightmare <laughs> soon enough. But, it's a living uh, nightmare. <laughs> yes, it's a living nightmare of me just speaking to a screen here in my, my own room. In your underwear. Uh, in my underwear. Uh, so, you know, and I, I like this, too, because I think I think Grubba has already given us the purpose of today tonight's show, which is that we will be filling once more the silent abyss that is all of your lives. Uh, tonight, the particular topic that we will be filling it with happens to be <laughs> eSports, which is, you know, one hell of a topic. I don't know. It would be filling people's lives with. Better than filling it with tapioca pudding. Couldn't have said it any better myself. So we're going to talk a little bit about esports. We're going to talk about what we like about them. We're going to talk about what we don't like about them. We're going to talk about whether we think they're legitimate. We're going to talk about whether you know what games we think might be particularly good for esports. We're going to talk about we're kids do, these days. We're going to talk about kids these days. We're going to talk about meatballs and gravy. Ooh. We are going to talk about whatever you want to because the third part of the program after the topic du jour. I know I skipped number one. Don't worry. I'll come back to it. The third part of the program is the question and answer portion of the program where you guys can determine what we talk about here on this here live podcasty thing. All you have to do, if you'd like to ask a question, is just PM me in the chat if you're joining us in the chat. I am Commodore128. You can find me. I'm just going to type a little here like I always do in the chat. Just click my name, private message me there. Or you can tweet me at It's the Commodore <coughs> with any of your questions during the program. Could be about the topic du jour. Could be about anything else you'd like to talk about. Hey, what's the first part of the program? Well, I'm glad you asked. What's it's the first part of the program? The, thanks. You're it's the, uh, that's a segue. It's called the Tids and Bits, the T and B, otherwise known as the news and notes. We talk about things that we think you should know about or otherwise you don't give a crap about. But, but we're we going to talk about you know, them anyway. So we're going to yeah. talk about them anyway. So that is, uh, that's the format. That's a pretty good deal. And, uh, you know, I think at this point it's probably worth noticing. You know, noting to the, the peoples out there that, um, you know, we're here to talk about a bunch of things. And we are a real live podcast. We what are. about that, Rick? I feel that's awesome. You can find us on iTunes or Android or Stitcher. Just search for Echo Screen Live and we'll love you. Um, I keep wanting to say love you long time every time we do that. I, I got to get that out of my head. I, yeah. I, before we move on to the tits and bits, I got a preemptive question for you. Ooh. Your, your Twitter handle is it's the, it's the Commodore. Is that because I'm a commie was taken? I don't think I tried that. Ah. Uh, you know what I tried? I think I tried. I tried stuff that was way too. Like I, I got on Twitter way late. You know this. You had Twitter like two years before I did. Uh, and what? No. Yeah, like, you did. When did you get to, on Twitter? Like last oh, year? It, yeah. I got yeah. on like 2009. Oh, and a lot. You had it like when Twitter was like new. I joined the, exactly. uh, that Iranian revolution thing that never <laughs> actually went anywhere. The Arab, the Arab summer, and then the, the Arab spring, and then the Arab summer. Yes. Um, Join to yeah. Thank you for joining us for our Arab spring podcast. <laughs> this is the Arab spring podcast. We will be talking about uh, geopolitical ramifications of disarmament of Iran. Um, no, I, 
yeah, I got I got Twitter like like a year and a half ago, and uh, so I was I was searching for nicknames that or nicks or whatever they are, Twitter handles, uh, whatever people call them. Um, the kids these days. The kids these days, whatever they say. Uh, I was I was looking for something that was way too obvious, like Commodore, or Commodore <laughs> One Twenty Eight, or Commodore Sixty Four. I yeah. tried all those. I tried all the obvious stuff, and it just didn't work. So I said, Hey, shockingly, that didn't. You know happen. what? I'm the Commodore, so if people are going to tweet at me, they're going to tweet, it's the Commodore. That's me. <laughs> Plus, we also had, I also had great inspiration from one of our old roommates who we were talking about before the, uh, mm. before the beginning of the program, uh, who actually used his nickname, and his, his uh, I think it was his email address was, it's Barnes, <laughs> which I thought was the greatest thing ever. So I, I kind of just stole it from him. So, uh, you know, off on a tangent in record time, maybe we should actually get to the the whatchamacallits. The tids and bits? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. I, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's actually a couple, we, we, we picked out a good number of things. We usually kind of just draw straws to see who could not there's talk about news and notes here. But a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. So why don't, you want me to start? You want to start? Why don't you start? You go, you and you start. Okay. All right. Well, if you insist, you're like the, you're like the guy that I just held the door for, and now like I'm standing there like an asshole, and you're like, "Hey, after no, you? No, you go. No, you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, I, you. After you. No, after you. I will um, fight you. You go. Fight. <laughs> go. Or I'm ending this <laughs> this show right now. All right. So, uh, the first thing I wrote down was at long last, and probably because Nintendo, I hear, are actually uh, avid fans of the Clan of the Gray Wolf and the Echo Screen Live. And they've been listening to my advice, which has been <coughs> Nintendo has decided to go mobile. Um, now, there's a big asterisk under this. <laughs> mobile. Because so, they're not going to be producing their own hardware. They're not going to be just releasing old Nintendo games. Uh, although I did tweet um, uh, Nintendo of America last week and asked them if they would be releasing a Android version of Link, the Faces of Evil. Because <laughs> I would buy that in a heartbeat. I told them this. They did not respond. To You're me. a sick and twisted person. Uh, I am. However, they will be uh, that are unique for the mobile space. Mm -hmm. That way, they they aren't necessarily competing with their own products, which and, I think is smart. And they've been partnered. They they're partnering with a Japanese mobile gaming concern uh, named DNA. That's D E N A. Uh, D -N -A. Which I'd never heard of before but it's a japanese thing mobile games are like a special thing in japan mm -hmm. really that and they have been for a long long time so uh it's kind of smart of them to not be jumping headfirst into a uh, market that they know nothing about alone mm -hmm. so uh there's a lot of a lot of murkiness about exactly how nintendo is going to be going about with this but it's interesting it's this it's the thing iwata president iwata <clears throat> of nintendo has been kind of saying no this isn't going to happen for years and years and uh, they finally do it. They jump in. They, they, they wade in to the pool. And this is yeah. apparently part of the reason why Club Nintendo is uh, no longer being a thing. This is all going to be some a new integrated sphere for the Nintendo mm. consumer, which is interesting. Well, now, you know, they, they probably took one look at how much money that the uh, Clash of Clans and uh, mm. Game of War people are making and went, huh, maybe we should get in on this with, with games that are actually good. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. So it'll be your, all you have to do is just curious. Just hire Kate Upton for your ads. Well, and lo and behold. Yeah. That, Nintendo's game of boobs. Game of, game of um, boobs. Yeah. I don't think Nintendo's <clears throat> going to be doing that. Interestingly, the, the news uh, 
or the reaction of the to this news was was kind of astounding. I think uh, uh, Nintendo's stock price rose thirty percent. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, like like you know, <clears throat> Nintendo actually did something smart that well they should have done a long time ago. Yeah, I would say that's that's worthy of yeah, investing. But, in and, and that's kind of amazing because like how many how many companies can just do that? Can just say like yeah, we're going we're going to make some mobile games and they're yeah. sh- sh- you know skyrocketing share price. It, it mean, does show that have, Nintendo does have a lot of cachet still with gamers. They have yeah. potentially the most valuable IP in the on the planet in terms of gaming. Still, they uh, they are they have I, I think a untarnished record with with gamers, uh, despite the uh, the attempts to tarnish their name by uh, their competitors, which have uh, I think failed to do so. So you know it's, it's good, but I think the other thing is you know as well as I do. That on this very program, we have been bad-mouthing Nintendo. Well, I have been bad-mouthing Nintendo. You Mostly. You have been shamelessly, shamelessly <laughs> defending them. What are you talking about? But I have been bad-mouthing them specifically for this issue. So I thought this is something you should capitalize on a long time ago. I'm glad they're back with the program now. I'm glad they're going to continue to uh, <clears throat> kind of progress in this regard. And honestly, I can't wait to see what they do. Because right now, I'm never, ever going to buy a DS again. However, <laughs> I would buy a Nintendo app. I absolutely would buy a Nintendo app that that well, uh, produced a unique experience or was something that that was cool for mobile. We'll, I would be all over that. We'll see how that how this all how the details churn out in the coming months and years to come. But um, related to this news, it released in the same press conference is the reveal of a new Nintendo platform, the Nintendo NX, uh, which is uh, basically a code name. Um, interesting. Because this is... Do you think he meant to say that, by the way? Did, do you think that just was like a defensive mechanism? Like, oh, yeah, no, we, we totally are working on something. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Oh, no. I mean, Nintendo's always working on the next console as soon as the first, uh, the current one launches. Gotcha. Um, but the, what's interesting about this is that it's the first time, I believe, ever that they've taken the uh, hardware developers for their mobile and you know, home console gaming platforms and they've merged them. The 3DS is based on very different technology than the Wii U. And, uh, yeah, again, not a lot of details, just kind of, yes, we're going to integrate more of the mobile and, and home gaming experience. And it's, it's the next evolution of gaming. It's not just better graphics, better sound, which is kind of the Nintendo mantra. It's like not just better, Hardware, it's more of next evolution of gaming. So again, interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. And like I said, I'm going on record right now. If Link: The Faces of Evil is is launched for the mobile platforms, I will buy it. I will buy it the day it comes out. Trust me when I tell you that. All right. What other news you got? Um, jeez, I don't remember what, what were we talking about? We talked about a whole bunch of crap before the. You're talking the show about started. about uh, Super Troopers. Oh, this was an interesting one. So, so I don't know how many of you are out there that actually saw Super Troopers in the theater. I did not. I did not. Going on record, did not see it in the theater. Yeah, but wait a minute, you haven't even seen the film. Well, I didn't see it in the theater. All right, touche. Just throwing it out there. Um. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it when I was in college and thought it was hilarious. I own it on DVD. Um, this is a movie that has uh, done very, very well as kind of, I guess, what they would now call the cult classic idea. <coughs> very good secondary market. So well, in fact, that um, 
they've gone to uh, crowdfunding to try to make a Super Troopers 2. Yes. And apparently there's about like one and a half, two million dollars already that has been raised by fans to make Super Troopers 2. So, you know, I, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Because, you know, one, because I think it's cool that I mean, we've always heard about the, the, the crowdfunding, the Kickstarters, you know, we've seen technology, you know, with hardware, with Pebble, and obviously Pebble 2 did incredibly well. Um, you know, we've seen software-based projects, which have um, done very, very well, which is really cool. Um, we've seen software projects from the past try to get funded, although sadly, Night Trap Failed to fund. <laughs> well, sadly. Just, was not a good game. It was, no, it was pretty convoluted. Uh, Although I can tell you, I did finally uh, get a slower CD burner, and I, over the weekend, played a boatload of CDI games I had never played before. And wow, all I can tell you, we have the best of the best. That's Those are the ones we've been playing, are the best <laughs> of the best. Um, that's not surprising, we frankly. Uh, so... <clears throat> Uh, something else that came out. So both the both the both that uh, broken lizard, I believe, is the name of the comedy troupe that did super broken Troopers. lizard. There yeah. we go, the broken lizard. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, this, this got launched on Indiegogo, not Kickstarter. Interestingly, oh, it wasn't a Kickstarter. <laughs> yep. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, same yeah. same idea. Indiegogo lets you keep the money if you fail to meet your Kickstarter. It's it's the proliferation. You know, there's been a lot of consternation the past couple of years about these crowdfunded projects and how some of them take too long, some of them fail outright, etc. Some of them turn out really well, especially in gaming like uh, FTL, which turned out was crowdfunded great game uh some of them have been hyped so ridiculously we'll see what happens like star citizen <clears throat> but um you know some a lot of these kind of fail but the thing is is that they're still going there's there's still a lot of people are still willing to crowdfund things and you're yeah. seeing especially if they, if, a, if it's a known quantity you see the people who made super troopers come out and say well we can't get a, a company a production company to, to bankroll this. What about the right. fans and fans will be like, yeah, I like super troopers. I know that. Sure. Why not? It's yeah. the same idea behind, um, double fine. Uh, wow. Tim Schaefer basically Tim coming Schaefer. out and saying, Hey, you know, my games, I'll, I'll make another game. If you crowdfund it. Right. Some might say it didn't very, turn very out too well. Can do that kind of stuff. But there yeah, is. But, I think, you know. <clears throat> but, but along those lines, another one that came out, uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago was, uh, by Alan Tudyk. And Nathan Fillion, who both starred in Firefly, and they basically are ridiculously successful with a uh, a crowdfunding uh, of a web show called Con Man, which has to do with it's a, a hilarious sounding uh, concept. The two of them are basically characters from a failed, a, like a short lived sci-fi show, very similar sounding, and now they have to live. This this is a show about their lives on the con circuit. Huh. Get it? So it, it's yeah. it, it, oh, I'm getting on almost there Galaxy Quest type feel from this uh, idea. Ah. So it's interesting. Um, but anyway, their initial goal was four hundred twenty five thousand dollars. They are currently about uh, fifteen days or so in, and uh, two point four million. So wow, they're already talking about doing a second season of it. So that's you know. People are still funding these things, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's great. I, 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 I thought this was a pretty cool, 
concept with Super Troopers, and you know, it's 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 a it's probably the perfect movie for this kind of thing. Um, but while you were while you were bringing that up, I just kind of pulled up a page to to take a look at what they were promising here, and they have great pictures of Fava, which which should absolutely be be looked at. Uh, you guys should check this out. But if we raise under two million dollars, then no movie will ever be made. Um, a movie if takes we raise a lot of money. Exactly two million dollars, it will be made. And if we raise over two million dollars, it will be the best movie ever. And they've currently raised two point two million dollars. Well, it's going to be the so best, the best movie, movie ever, ever right. is coming out. I just want to let you guys know that. <laughs> and there's thirty days to go, so uh, we'll see. Uh, so let's see. Wrapping up tids and bits. You seemed surprised in the pre-show when we were talking that uh, Lex Luthor is being played by uh, Paul. The kid Paul's, from, uh, the Paul's social network. Yeah, Paul Zuckerberg. Yeah, that guy. Uh, that you know, Jamie not, uh, uh, Edelman. Yeah, Jamie Edelman is that his name? Is that his real name? <laughs> I've confused myself now. What's Jesse yeah, Eisenberg? That's it. Eisenberg, that's his name. I yeah. was like, you're close. But that's that, not, that news has been out yeah. for a little while, but uh, the first the first sh- uh, promo the shot, shot of, of him yeah. came out today. Sorry. I'm, you know, it's one of those casting decisions I really questioned when I first heard yeah. about it. I don't know. Looks like it could. It might work. Might work. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a I, shot. I don't, yeah, I'm not really I'm not holding out a lot of hope for this new DC universe that they're trying to put together, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm <laughs> and uh, and and perhaps most importantly, coming out in just a few scant weeks, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Mall Cop Two. Now, now this Thank this this, this this is significant only for the reason that it seems like every time I I try to come up with something I can't come up with something you come up with Paul Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, I feel like in this program that maybe that was just last week, but it feels like it's been forever. And I had no idea because I I don't really follow Kevin James, nor do I particularly like his movies, nor do I particularly like him. But uh, apparently, Paul Mall Cop Two is coming out in like a month. Yeah. Are you excited? I, I, I am. I am kind of actually interested in how a movie like that could get made. How much money did Paul Blart Mall Cop actually make at the box office? Well, let's find. Did out. Did it do well? I think. It, I think the answer is it did well enough. Yeah, but if it did well enough, what does? How does that make you feel about humanity? Well, I'm, this is nothing new. I mean, it's. I mean, I, I pe- realize that there are shows watch out there movies. like. Shaws of Sunset and Real Housewives of whatever, but you know those mm. kinds of things are just kind of the deplorable crap that you know you would find on Jerry Springer back you, in the nineties. You want to make a guess? First, how much Paul first Blart off, Mall Cop made? First off, how much did it take to make? I'll say that Paul Blart Mall Cop was made. This is Happy Madison Productions. So, unsurprising. Adam Sandler made it, so it's going to be cheap. Uh, I will say it was made for ten million dollars. Uh, twenty-six million. Okay, so it was. So he spent more. Spent more than I thought. All right, but they the, had to buy a whole mall. But the box allow him to have free reign. But the box office was uh, domestic one hundred and forty-six million. One hundred and forty-six million dollars worldwide was one eighty-three. So yeah, definitely did well enough for a sequel. Paul Blart Mall Cop made one hundred and forty million dollars domestically. You want to know some ridiculous? Po- Happy Madison Productions makes a lot of movies, and their first oh, one yeah. was Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo. I remember that. Not a very Deuce good film. Bigelow Male Gigolo was a seventeen million dollar movie that made ninety two million dollars and ninety three million. Um, 
it started the entire South Park shtick of Rob Schneider, derp dee derp dee. Which is one of my favorite things they ever did. The Happy Madison's production wiki page is making me sad. Okay. Um, yeah, why are you even doing this to yourself? How about Grown Ups? Grown Ups 2. Grown, about- Grown Ups 2 did uh, $246 million worldwide. So, see, now, but what's funny is that I am technically in the demographic for Grown Ups now. You're an idiot? So it's, Yes, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> you become an idiot when you have children. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you know that? Yeah. But uh, but then so now so now I have to go watch other idiots to commiserate with those other idiots. So I'm not sure if I would enjoy Grown Ups or not. But I know I know previously I had absolutely no interest in seeing Grown Ups. I hate seeing Grown Ups, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Zodiac brings up what I was going to bring up as well. Have you seen any um, uh, trailers for this new movie Pixels? Which is also being done by Happy Madison Productions. No, I have not. Oh wait, this is the one where where uh, Adam Sandler saves the world with video games. Well, video games attack the world, right? Like, but 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 he saves them because he's a great video game player. I think that's the idea. With like Peter Dinklage, am I remember that? Yes. Correctly? So the idea is that, for what I can tell of the story, the idea is that uh, you know there the, this ex, this this satellite is launched with a bunch of examples of human culture from the early 80s, right? Something finds it, and, you know, they read up or or absorb information about these video games from the early 80s, and they come back to kill us, basically, with this stuff. Using the same methods. Yeah, it's like Ghostbusters. You know, if you think about the state part, if you think think about J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover's going to come and destroy us. Um, So, so, you know, like, the, the trailer's interesting it's got like pac-man and donkey kong you know like actual video games uh, uh characters that that are coming to like kill us and uh, you know interesting uh, special effects and stuff and and frankly the idea of the movie intrigues me if it didn't star adam sandler and kevin james mm-hmm. that's that that's all i gotta say about that um yeah yeah and, and yeah. the thing is that there are some other actors in it that make me Again, interested. It's got Peter Dinklage, like you said. It's got Josh Gad, who is uh, pretty well known for being on Broadway uh, in Book of Mormon, and also uh, he was Olaf the Snowman in Frozen. So good, yes. good, good comedic actor. You know, it's just yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know about this. I probably won't be seeing this in theaters. I already had some people at work like, "Hey, did you see that new? You like video games, right? What do you think of that?" I'm like, ah. I've got one for you, sir. So, have you seen the um, the the movie that was? I don't think it ever made it to any kind of theaters or anything. It was just kind of a, a fun little side project around LARPing. Uh, the something something of badassery or something like that. The Knights of Badassery. Or something like yes, that. I heard about that, but but you haven't seen it. No, I only I don't know very much about it. It is now on Netflix. Wasn't Peter Dinklage it. on that? And didn't Peter he, Dinklage is in that? Wasn't movie, it filmed like five years ago or something? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it took forever to come out. It took forever to come out. It's 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 really terrible. But Peter Dinklage yeah. is awesome in it. Like, I mean, it. it I don't know. The guy just the guy just rules whatever he does. I, that's all I can say. But uh, anyway, if you if you have, uh, it is. It's one of those movies where if you. If you are someone that's involved in geek culture, you should probably see it and giggle at some of the references. But the rest of the stuff, you're just going to go, oh, I might as well be watching um, whatever that stupid show is that everyone seems to love about nerds. Uh, <laughs> Knights of Badassdom, which Nash says was awful, which I, I tend to believe. 
Yeah, it was awful. It was if, terrible. If we if we lower the bar anymore, we'll just start calling it the floor. That's it. Yeah, that's, oh. that we'll call it the floor. Both Nash and Pond Life saying it was just awful. It was terrible. I um, I did watch it till the end just because. But uh, but anyway. All right, so uh, we went over, unsurprisingly. Yeah, we went over, and that's fine. We'll we'll just move on to the to the uh, topic du jour because we thought it would be interesting today to talk about esports, or if you are in France, esports, esporte, <laughs> or French Canada, or Louisiana, or Louisiana. Yep. Um, where it's called the foosball. <laughs> Uh yeah. So uh how about them kids these days and their esports and yeah. their chicken and fingers the, and their rap music. The fantasy football. Yep. So yeah, we're gonna talk about fantasy football because that's an esport. Uh I'm thinking that uh halfbacks or, or running backs might not backs. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's great. The quarterback <laughs> takes the football and passes to the halfback. That's what they call them sometimes. Um, Nickelback. Well, I screwed up that joke, so let's just move on. Okay, so esports have really just exploded in popular. I, I, and yes, I got this chart off Wikipedia. Don't judge me, but it's it's brilliant uh, for for showing my my point and why we want yes. part of why we want to talk about this. So, um, whoop! There we go. Uh, this is the payouts uh, for various esport. Uh, championships over the past 15 or so years. Uh, you can't see this guy, but everyone, and, and, and if you're on a podcast, you can't see it. Everyone else on YouTube can see it, but let me, let me just kind of go over it. Basically it rises a bit. It goes from about zero to maybe $5 million uh, around 2008 dips a little and then explodes basically going over $30 million worth of payouts in prize money for 2014. Um, the biggest ones being Dota, Starcraft, League of Legends, uh, and then you have a bunch of other, you know, basically, you know, esports has been a thing for a long time, but it's really grown mostly because of these uh, MOBAs, like like yep. D- like Dota, uh, like uh, League of Legends. Yes. Uh, it's just these games that apparently very, if to a lot of people, are interesting to watch people compete at a high level. Yes. I mean, like, like watching uh, two, you know, chess grandmasters yes. diabolically go at it after each other. Exactly, which reminds me of a musical called Chess, and yes, and the the One Night in Bangkok, brilliant, brilliant song One Night in Bangkok by Murray Head, popularized by Murray Head, because as they say, One Night in Bangkok and the world's your oyster. Not much between despair and ecstasy. No. Okay, going back on topic. The bar's a temple. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna quote it. I get my know. kicks above the waistline, sunshine. Sunshine. That, I, I, that was like my headline on MySpace way back in like 2005. <laughs> um, you are so old. Anyway, I am so old. When did that happen? Just, when did it happen? Why? I, before, like, I swear, like three years ago, before Grown Ups came out, I didn't even want to see Grown Ups, and now I'm. Now I'm talking about my MySpace page. Like, what the hell happened? What's what happened to me? You're anyway, terrible. So uh, that, and along with um, the rise of Twitch, definitely has a lot to do with this because people, you don't have to, uh, you know, basically, uh, 
there there have been some esport championships that have been broadcast on ESPN at this point. But the mm. thing is that they don't need ESPN. The rise of uh, live streaming video on the internet in places like Twitch for gamers uh, really means that you can watch any number of these professional uh, uh, competitions without needing a TV or or having ESPN or any other production company really deal with it. Um, All you need is some schmo with a a, uh, video camera and, and a Twitch account. So... It's a lot more accessible uh, and yeah. pro- and proving to be very popular, especially well, with the and, and not not nearly as regulated or or kind of crammed into the TV format that we all know and some of us hate. Um, you know, uh, watch any kind of sporting event, right? You're you're going to be you're going to conform. I mean, you know, think of the you know the 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 TV timeouts in football or you know. Um, in hockey, you know, these, these things are like impacted the game itself because they have to present it on broadcast television. Whereas you, you kind of free stuff and you put it on the internet and you say, just watch, like, you know, we're going to show you commercials and there's stuff you can buy and there's things you can click and things like that. But it's not like, you know, and now we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be right back after this time out. Like, I mean, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen with esports, Right. And, and, and to the point where, um, YouTube, uh, rather, I don't know. Famously is the right word, but they they obviously were interested in buying Twitch. Uh, there was rumors that they were trying to get them for a billion dollars last year, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Amazon eventually got them, but now uh, just yesterday, um, YouTube has announced that they're readying the launch of uh, this platform that we're using right now, a the live streaming YouTube platform, mm-hmm. specifically tooling it for esports. Um, they're basically going to use their power to make a run at what Twitch is completely dominating right now, which is the yep. live streaming esports market. Um, uh, according to uh, the Daily Dot, the revamped YouTube Live will offer huge opportunities for established streamers, due in no small part to partnerships and promotion from Google. Um, YouTube has already assigned 50 engineers to the task. This is not a small undertaking no. by YouTube. Uh, and it just shows how big this is getting. So, so, so we, we've give, we've we've laid the groundwork here. We've paved the road. <clears throat> what do you think about esports? Is this what are your what are your what are your surface thoughts? Your initial thoughts about all this news? The, pa- uh, the past five years in particular, with the, with the explosion. If you if you'd like to hear uh, probably my thoughts uh, that will equal probably the entire length of this whole program, you can go back and watch the Weekly Ringer for me. I don't know about it. <laughs> You know, five, six months ago. Uh, I did talk about it at length. I, I think that um, I, I am I have a hard time considering a lot of things esports. And I, I, I'm, I'm a person that really doesn't enjoy watching other people play games in competition like this uh, often. I think there, you know, there is something to watching some great players play. I remember uh, PAX. They uh, one year they had uh, Fatality and his mm-hmm. he basically just the the famous uh, who's like the first f- person he, he was like the first really big uh, yeah, he, esports ambassador I, right. I would say they they brought him to PAX and they set up a little kiosk where you could sit down and just get your friggin' butt handed to you in Counter Strike by Fatality um so you know but but it, that was cool like it was just great to sit there and watch him just completely destroy people over and over again right like. You know, no one stood a chance. 
playing against fatality. And and there's something really cool about watching somebody that's really good at something just kick ass, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like um, the the wizard, the movie from the, the uh, from the '80s. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, because I mean, you know, like that whole concept is like you know this this thing that they make up called video Armageddon or whatever it is, where they just have all these people come up and they watch on a huge screen these people like playing competitively against each other. And watching somebody that's really good do something that's really complicated, make it look really easy, is always fun. We like to do that, you know, in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Watch somebody surf. Surfing well, is tough. I mean, Surfing th- really well is tough. That's you know, the whole idea it. of sports in general, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Why do we watch why, – why do people pay so much money and, and, and uh, broadcasters pay so much money to broadcast the rights to NFL games? Because it's really awesome to watch – Odell Beckham uh, barely catch a touchdown using the very tips of his fingers as he falls, you know, right into the back of the end zone. Uh, It's just an amazing feat to watch, you know. It is, but but, same idea with esports, frankly. And with the NFL, it's 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 team competitive, and you know, you you watch them do that in a way that's you know, (coughs) geographically based, and all those other kind of things. There's kind of home pride. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on with traditional sports. But esports for me, I don't, I don't balk at the concept. I think it's a great concept. What I think is, is kind of, what's interesting. What's what really, what really, uh, kind of gave us the idea for this particular podcast is we rap hacks. We start walking by, and we see there's esports kind of going on on stage, and they're playing something. I don't even remember what the hell they were playing. It wasn't League of Legends though. Um, and we kind of looked at each other like. What the hell is going on here? Like, why <laughs> why are people doing this? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you if you watch an NFL game, you're going to get a broadcast person, and you get what they call a color commentator, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Who's whose job? Who is probably somebody that either played before or coached before, and is an expert in the game, but, but isn't necessarily a broadcast person, right? You get the the classic Al Michaels, the not the play by the broadcast person, yep. play by play, and then you get the the color person, you know, like a Troy Aikman. That's right? racist, by the way. Who? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the person of color, right? The person of color who is the the commentator of color, I should say, <laughs> who is um, who just kind of gives the perspective. Oh, yeah, when I was a player, you know that 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 was never gone. You know, when we used to line up, we used to do this and this this. You know, and, and you try to get a little bit of, uh, of in depth about the game. There is nothing like that with esports now. So what you literally get are more absolute <laughs> rambling morons that are trying to make something that's not exciting sound exciting and using the most horrible stereotypical geek <sighs> phrases you could possibly imagine. And that alone is enough for me not to watch esports. I wasn't going to go that harsh, but um <clears throat> Okay, that's that's a lot to uh, that's a lot to unpack right there. Um, yeah, I'm going that far. Let, let's let's. So first off, uh, interesting. We had a big guy in the chat who mentioned first off that he's he played uh, Counter Strike competitively for about ten years, and he would watch pro teams for strategy and for fun. But his roommate would just be like, "Huh? Yeah." Because it, 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 again, it's just something that the, apparently his roommate just did not get. Like. Why are you, why are you, how can you watch this for fun? How can you do this competitively? Uh, and, and I, I think I've said before, I'm not big on let's plays, uh, in general, right? If it's informative or if I'm looking how, if I'm looking to understand a little bit about how a game is played 
before I buy it, or I want to know how to get the, you know, quickest route in Rainbow Road and Mario Kart or something like that. Maybe I'll find right. a Let's Play. But other than that, I'd rather sure. be playing a game right. than watching someone play a game. I can understand more why esports are popular. Mm-hmm. Um, f- again, for the reason why any sport, any compet- any professional sport is popular. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to watch Derek Jeter hit a home run because I can't really do that. I like right. to watch uh, people play NFL because they're much better than me. It, it's, it's exciting to watch them. Right. I might not enjoy watching people play League of Legends competitively. and right. I, I might not even know what the hell's going on and get completely lost. Right. And and fall asleep. But right. but I understand why others would find that interesting. In yeah. the same way here here's an instance for instance, I have uh, someone I work with who is from India and she is very excited because tonight is uh, the World Cup semifinal in cricket between India yes. and Australia. Yeah. She's staying up uh to watch this game start at like basically at like eleven o'clock tonight. Oh nice. And it goes for like six hours. This is yeah, cricket. Because it's, it's cricket, right. I don't get it. This, 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 or as I like to call it, pre-baseball. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I don't I don't get it. And boom goes the headshot. Uh, and boom goes the headshot. Perfect. Uh, but see, I don't understand. I don't understand why people enjoy watching cricket, but I don't, I don't uh, think less of them because of that. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's what they enjoy. It's a professional level. I understand that. Same thing with League of Legends. If someone understands that and watch it, that's fine. Um, I don't know if it's a, if it's an age thing. Like when I, when we were kids, because we're so old now, uh, the idea totally appealed to me when we when i watched the wizard and they had that yeah. video armageddon where uh they were playing ninja gaiden and super mario Bros. 3 competitively on a stage i was like that would be so awesome i would love to watch that at some point yeah i lost that interest in watching yes. people play games like that competitively even right. on a professional level yes. um I don't, I, I'm kind of curious to see what people in the chat think about that, uh, because I know there are a lot of other people who follow us. I tweeted something about esports not too long ago and about how I didn't get it, and and a lot of people were the same way. It's not not that I don't get it, but I don't, that, I don't enjoy get it. it. But you yeah. know, and like, do, do you guys think it's an age thing? Do you think it's that you don't understand the games well enough, or that you just prefer to enjoy video games as a as a leisure activity and not a competitive professional I'll rip your eyes out to win and get a million dollar purse activity right or that you miss the answers to life's mysteries as Razalon has suggested yeah um, I, I, I think uh, I mean me personally I, I think you're right I mean I, I, I saw the wizard you know I was excited by that concept I thought that was really cool I think mostly though with the with the wizard when that stuff came out, I just thought how cool it would be to play video games like that on a huge freaking screen. Mm-hmm. I think that was more excited by that than it was <laughs> the competition part, but that's a whole other story. Now we do that every day, anyway. Um, but it, yes, Wizard had Ninja Gaiden. Come on, Ninja Gaiden. So, uh, so you know, I <clears throat> at some point, just like you. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. I don't know what the what the the impetus was, but I lost all interest in competitive gaming. And I and, and I think to, or watching competitive gaming, right? Playing sure, fine. 
But I think the the other thing is that I I am probably a little bit more open to the kind of let's play phenomenon than you are because there are a lot of games I know I will never play. Mm-hmm. And if I know I'm never going to play those games, then I don't mind kind of putting something on in the background or, you know, watching somebody when I have some time to, you know, kind of play through some levels to decide if I want to play it or something like that, right? But that's not the esports phenomenon at all, which is much more kind of geared toward, you know, how do I win? And as many people in the chat have already kind of pointed out, you get into the really granular stuff with esports, right? So, you know, well, this person's got this video card, which means they've got this frame rate and their their ping to the server is like, you know, sub 10 and they're doing this and this and this. And, you know, it's it, it just becomes because it's esports, it just becomes so granular and so difficult. You know, one of the things that you and I have spoken about on the show previously is um, the documentary recently about Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, one, that's one of the things that they talk about is that they get into the weeds of the smallest of, of the minutiae. Wave right, dashing and all this other Wait, stuff. It, yeah, Exactly. <clears throat> things that didn't even have names when the game was designed and things that were actually glitches in the game that people found and they could use to expedite in competition. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned before, I, I when Smash Brothers... Uh, just uh, for Wii U and, and 3DS launched, uh, I, I kind of trolled around, not trolled, but I, I hung around. I, I uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, uh, the, you 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 lurked. I, thank you. I lurked around the subreddit, the Smash Brothers subreddit. I couldn't stick around because it was really geared toward competitive gaming. Right, uh, you're, you're competitive there, Smash like, Brothers. like reading Greek. I know, I'm like, I don't care if this person, if this <laughs> character has like three, you know, quarters of a second more recovery time than the other or whatever you know right uh because for you and me even if we're playing competitively we're not really that interested in that no we're 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 interested in playing competitively amongst peers amongst friends i can watch someone really good i've tried i've i can try like some of these top tier smash brothers players uh i can watch them play and and my interest be maintained for maybe a minute and then i'm kind of like okay i'm i'm done um and, it's, and I, I'm really – it bugs me that I don't know why exactly that is because I I can watch a football game from top to bottom. I can watch a basketball game from top to bottom. And, you know, I understand the rules of those games at least as well as the rules of Smash Brothers. Right. Um, maybe it's that I – I don't know. I don't know. That That's why it bugs me. It's like how come esports is something I don't quote-unquote get? Yeah. yeah. Um, why don't we get it? People and, and I, explain it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't really figure it out. But I think there is something to the idea of, of you know, I think a lot of people that watch esports are people that that are are that like those kind of game formats in terms of them playing it in general, right? So look, you know, I mean, I, I did play football when I was younger, but. I don't certainly don't play football now, and if I tried to play football now, I'd probably like rupture an Achilles. Like it would be terrible, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I like football, and I I like going out in the front yard and throwing the ball around, right? I mean, that's fun. So it's fun to watch people play football. My guess is that you're probably gonna have the same kind of scenario with esports, right? You have people that just like maybe they like the kind of you know uh, maybe they love StarCraft. Well, now watching StarCraft people playing StarCraft competitively, you know, there's a little bit of an easier route there, 
right? Sure. I I also don't like a lot of those games. Now I I love StarCraft. That's true. I I mean I I I understand why I don't like watching League of Legends. I don't yeah. I don't like League of, League of Legends. Yeah, I just you don't know? like League of Legends. It's, it's never excited me. Um, so oh, man, I missed the comment that just went by. Uh, someone was talking about awesome games done quick. Um, yes. Which ah. Adam820 says the Ninja Gaiden relay at Awesome Games Done Quick was really exciting to watch. Awesome Games Done Quick, if you don't know, is a, a group of extraordinarily talented uh, uh, speed Ridiculous. speed runners, uh, which which is another subset of Let's Plays that, whatever, uh, we could talk about a whole other episode for. But yes. I, I can really respect speedrunners in that way because they know a game inside and out so well. They are really the top of their game. And they're not they're playing games like Super Metroid or Ninja Gaiden that aren't competitive, but they just basically show how good they can do it, how quickly they can do it, etc. You know, uh, what was one of them playing Super Punch Out blindfolded or something like that? Yeah, that, that was crazy. Like, like, like blindfolded, turned around from the t- on the Wii U virtual console. That's more interesting to me than a competitive StarCraft match or a competitive Smash Brothers match, I should me say. Me too. Me you too. Know? And, and, but but it, that's They're, not even really esports. But again, no, it's that's, not. That's like watching. That's like watching a concert. But, but it's all it's yeah. Watching a concert. Exact. That's a very good way to put it because it's not. Com- it's not high level competitors playing against each other, but it is. In the same vein, people who are at the top of their craft, quote unquote, they're the top at playing that game. Very exactly. few people in the world can play that game as well as they can. You right. can say the same thing about these competitive people. And um, I like that. I, but I see I, I the stuff that you're talking about that's very exciting. I, I think it's I agree with that. Right. I mean, it's it's very exciting to watch really great players do some amazing stuff that I could never possibly do in the game. That's cool. Um, what I just don't get the connection to is I don't need to see people play competitively on, you know, a MOBA, right? I, I, or or and, it, and just name one. Doesn't doesn't have to just be, you know, Dota or League of Legends, whatever. But but I just that whole format does not excite me at all. Yeah. And watching the development, watching the build up, watching the the kind of strategic elements come down. My guess is you see the same stuff over and over again. It's just it's not any fun to watch. So I don't understand. So we've already gone long on this topic and we've already not hit or we we haven't hit some of the other points I wanted to kind of discuss really really quickly at least I guess. Yeah. Like is this going to stick around? Uh, I mean you saw that chart before. I'll bring I'll bring it up again real quick. Do you think I mean <clears throat> nothing that is uh you know exponential like this lasts forever i don't i don't expect it to be a hundred million dollars uh worth of uh, esports prizes given away in the next couple of years necessarily uh but do you think esports is here to stay do you think it'll just get it'll become a more ingrained part of video gaming some of that stuff at PAX and just go, why is that even here? Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, you know, this is not what I remember. Yeah, but but, I, but again, I, I, I might not get it, but I, I can understand it at least. Yeah, I understand. You know? I mean, I, and that's why I think it's, it's probably around for a while. Is, you know, are there going to be esports, you know, that are as big as, you know, uh, baseball or, or, or football now? That's going to take a lot of time. Oh no, I'm not saying it's going to be like the NFL anytime soon, but no. Will it continue I, to be? It might not. I mean, it is like I said, it is on ESPN, but yeah. 
I, I, I think it's inherently more of a an internet video, internet streaming phenomenon than it will ever be on cable or, or broadcast television. Yes. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing because we are in a bit of a paradigm. That's another whole episode, but we're in a bit of a paradigm shift right now with how we uh, consume media. The, the fact that we're doing this podcast slash live stream on YouTube right now really shows that. Yeah. Um, how ridiculously hard would it be to do something like this 15 years ago and, and get any number of people, let alone over 100 people right now listening live uh, and then thousands True. people listening in the next week or so after we release it on YouTube, you know? True. Um, uh, you know what? Two schmucks talking into microphones. Yeah, right. And then God only knows. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but God only knows. But the, the, po- the point is this, though. I, You know, the other, the other element to this is I want to know how much of this is a cultural phenomenon as well, you know, where because I think if you look at something like World of Warcraft, it's incredibly popular all over the world. But you know where it's really, really popular? Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys love World of Warcraft. No, and, it's it's very popular in China and yeah. Korea, right? Where, uh, where Korea has been almost single handedly keeping StarCraft alive for about fifteen years. I over. mean, and 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 you know, going to an internet cafe just to play StarCraft or World of Warcraft. So, my point is is you know, there's kind of a cultural element to this, and and to me, when I see this stuff. One of the things that I, I, I have seen is that there's a particular kind of cultural bent to the idea of competing in esports. Hmm. And because I, I've never really, I don't know, you would think of the things, you know, like the competitive kind of esports things you've seen, even on traditional TV. You know, you remember like Nick Arcade and, you know, just these, oh, yeah. these weird, it's kind of like, let's take video games and try to infuse it with. Something that culturally, like a like a game show, or you know, whatever the case might be, and instead of you know trying to kind of save the, the purity of the form itself, and I think there is that in esports, right? I mean, there's this there's this tendency in esports to say, you know, we're the purest. This is the way you're supposed to play. This is only the best of the best of the best, and they're playing this way. And I think there's something cultural to that. I don't I don't know what it is. But I think part of the reasons why esports have really taken off incredibly well is because I think culturally, there are also you know it's it's not just people in the West no, that are watching these things. Not. They're very very popular um, in the Eastern world as well. And I, and I think there's there's a, 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 a cultural kind of reasoning behind this too. I guess is what I'm saying. And Zodiac Paint brings up a good uh, point, which just fell off the the chat log hold on a second uh, i wonder that. if the whole ad revenue will ever catch up to the streamers or youtube we've brought this up before when uh, right. we had shane on the program uh how much pur- purchasing power do the majority of people who watch esports or streaming to youtube have to justify the revenue again uh, i mean we've talked about that before and it's something that we could go on 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 and on about yeah that's um well but the esports people the, do the future like- the future of advertising on youtube and yeah. twitch and esports in general are all kind of tied together. And will there be a coming crash? Are we in a bubble? Maybe. I I don't know. I mean, I, I think Hard you know, to Twitch, sure. Twitch and what what's coming with YouTube is going to do a lot more than just esports and competitive gaming, to be fair. Yeah, there's a lot of gaming-related well, shows. I mean, it's all Twitch is right now. Not all it is. There's also... But it's Let's, it's let's Plays and esports, which are similar. Um, right. <clears throat> Similar, so, but not not at all the same because I think Let's Plays 
has a whole different kind of following and a whole different concept to it. And I think can legitimately be defined in, in, in very different ways, as can esports legitimately be, be defined in a different way. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of being a part of gaming culture, I'm not so sure I understand that connection because I think it's kind of like a subgenre of gaming culture in some ways. You know, I like first-person shooters or I like, you know, um, I like watching Let's Plays. I think there's going to be a certain subculture in gaming that says, hey, esports is cool. Competitive esports is cool. But I don't think it's ever going to be something that's more kind of global or general about gaming, right? Like how the universal popularity of playing Super Mario Brothers, right? Um, you know, an understanding of, of that game or, or Nintendo as a whole is kind of, kind of like you need to know that or else you're not really in the right thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's ever going to be at that level. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say I would not – I'm not going to say it definitely will, but I would not be surprised if it became a more general thing. Zach S. makes the point that there's cycles to everything, which is very true. Yeah. But uh, the interesting thing to me is that this generation of uh, quote-unquote kids, but but really the main audience for esports right now is teenagers, yeah. maybe young young 20s. Right. Um. As they grow up, so they, and they've grown up with esports as part of their lives, uh, in, in their developmental years. As they grow up, will they stick with it? Will they will they continue to watch? Uh, if they do, then it will become more of a standard standard part of gaming culture, because something tells me that the upcoming teenagers, the teenagers of the future, will also probably latch on to this i don't think it'll take too much the question yeah. is will the interest be held by the people who are teenagers now and, um, and will new new games arise to support the format because oh, i'm think, sure i'm sure because be. you know just like a lot of games uh you know esports is not something that's necessarily determined by age the way that physical sports are like football where you know if you're a running back you you're basically have to retire by the time you're 26 well yeah but right? you can enjoy football your whole life Right, you can enjoy football your whole life. Or My point is, yeah. though, that you know, if you're going to play oh, esports, right. you could play forever. You could uh, play forever. So your reflexes will go down by uh, the time of you course, hit your 30s. Of course, but but ostensibly, your period of being able to play at a very high level could go on. For it a could very go long for a time. while. Yeah, they'll be. Interesting. My point is that to some of these games, there's just always going to be the game is not going to be solved, but it's it's going to we're going to see the same thing over and over again, right? Watching competitive Smash Brothers, you know, psych I saw Psychopathers say this in the chat before, you know, gives him a headache. Gives me a headache too, right? <laughs> I, it's amazing, like the first 20 minutes. And then after a while, you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to watch these guys dance around for a while like that. I don't care. Because you see the same thing over and over and over again. We need new, fresh content. But what's, what's interesting, though, and what I saw this week is that, and what we saw at PAX East, is the Overwatch phenomenon from Blizzard. Yeah. Which is we are going to now take this idea of what we did with Hearthstone, which is let's let's go to a, a genre that we've never tackled before. Let's go make a really good version of that. Well, now with with Overwatch, Blizzard's doing the same thing. Let's go to this whole cont competitive gaming scene thing, and let's see if we can make a really good competitive six on six shooter. From, that would be really good scratch. for esports. Yeah, from scratch. Yeah, and that's what they've tried to develop. Yep, and a lot of people are excited about it. Uh, for specifically those reasons. And I think you're right. More games will be <clears throat> tailored around esports as time goes on. Um, right. That's why people hated like Smash Brothers Brawl, 
because it wasn't Smash Brothers Melee, which was much more geared toward competitive play. Well, it wasn't meant to be geared, but people made it that way. It, it fell into that. And I was going to say, I mean, it's tr- interesting, though, because certain games could stay part of the esports repertoire indefinitely. Oh, Starcraft yeah. is, what, 18 years old or so by this point? Yep. Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is by far the most popular Smash Brothers game for competitive gaming, is Counter-Strike. Uh, 14 years old counter-strike same same thing you know so some of these it, it is fascinating to me that some of these games stick around as big money makers in the esports arena so it's crazy um, and have big payouts in in those in those uh tournaments so exactly exactly um, living so Smash Brothers. so to kind of wrap it up though i guess uh is is this whole thing good for gaming esports is, is yeah it good why not Certainly not Why bad not? for gaming. I would say, I'd say it's certainly not bad for gaming. I mean, you know, it, it, it has a certain niche to it. Again, here, here's, you know my stance about everything we do, even at the site. To me, it is important for us as video game players who grew up with video games to, to continue to show that video games are um, an important cultural phenomenon that has merit beyond just being entertainment. It is also artistic. It is also, uh, you know, experiential. It's 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 a lot of those great things. Esports can can draw can tend to draw attention to video games for all the wrong reasons in many ways, which is something I, I that draws my ire. That that's another big topic is the whole bro attitude. A lot of people kind of right, right. attribute to esports uh, some some Which, sexist attitudes and such that have, yes. it's been it's been slammed for in the past right and i, I that's which that we didn't really touch on i don't like no of course but but other than than the fact that, that that those kind of things are out there and functioning to a certain extent you know i think there's always going to be a subset of people that are gamers that happen to enjoy high high competitive play and then there's gonna be people that, that enjoy watching that high high level of competitive play and i think i think there's also a rec- uh Something to be said, like a kid who watches uh, the World Cup and the high level of play there might be uh, influenced or or inspired to pick up a soccer ball and try it out Mm -hmm. for a a few years. And and maybe they'll join a team and they'll make friends and learn how to socially interact and they'll grow up and be well-rounded adults. Maybe someone, some some teenager will watch Smash Brothers uh, being played competitively and they'll want to get into that and they'll look at other old games and they'll pick up you know uh, final fantasy 7 or link ocarina of time even though those games were out before he was born and right. and he'll get a better deeper understanding of video games and how Which i think we're seeing they a work lot as of an art form. exactly yeah. exactly you know it, it's so easy nowadays to find out about games that were around when you were born in the late right. 90s whereas for us we were born in the early 80s and there is a lot of missing information yes about video games that came out at that time even exact release dates are frequently hard to find you know yeah just because oh, exactly it, it was never something that was published or even written about yeah anyway yeah so yeah i interesting Interesting conversation that I think stems a couple other ideas I have in my own mind about uh, topics we could potentially cover here on the Echo Screen Live. All right, that is the topic du jour. We'll now move into the third portion of the program, which is the question and answer portion. We've already got some questions coming in thus far. Um, folks, if you'd like to ask us a question live that we can answer live on the air, 
Um, it's pretty simple to do it. If you haven't asked a question yet, and it doesn't have to just be about the topic du jour, it could be about really anything you'd like. Life, geekery, LARPing, zombie LARPing, whatever you think. Hmm. Um, if you'd like to ask us a question, very simple to do so. If you're in the chat following along with us there, just click my name, Commodore128. Click that. Send me a private message. That's a consider yourself question submitted. Also, if you'd like to do it conversely, you're not following along with the chat or you just think it would be neat to, to tweet at me, you can tweet at It's the Commodore, your question to me, and uh, I will pick the best ones. There's some pretty good ones already. We'll answer them live on the program. Before we go into that, uh, Zodiac is a fine maker of good points tonight, and he uh, brings up that the video game years just returned uh, to... Uh, Retroware TV, uh, first part of 1987. This is our, uh, or Retroware's, uh, I love the 80s meets video games, basically. And uh, it's an interesting episode. Uh, I recommend people go check it out at RetroWareTV.com. It's uh, got Legend of Zelda we talk about. So, uh, yeah, do that. Yeah, all right, all right. I'm, 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 I'll, I'll support you on that one. I'll, <laughs> that. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll throw my hat in the ring. For I'll you. allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, uh, continue. All right. Um, let's see. I, I remember a, a really good one I wanted to jump into right off the bat here. Okay. <laughs> this is a fun, I, I think this is just a funny question that results from our, our, uh, our conversation from last time, but I'm going to ask it because, damn it, I can't. Grubba asks, regarding gaming as an adult, do you know how to make a budget? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Well, from what I understand, you need to uh, write down your expenses. Yes. And then and. you need to write down your sources of income. And. And. Figure out the surplus <laughs> on a monthly basis. Okay. Captain Carnage Wait, 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 wait. Before we go on, uh, someone tweeted at me saying that the last episode, which has to do with uh, uh, whatever we talked about. Oh, Conventional Wisdom, which was our last episode, has not shown up on the podcast. I think I just realized I didn't upload that. So, hey, if you are listening via podcast, you're going to get a twofer this week. Yeah, take that. I think I think I thought I uploaded that, but I, I did not. That is my bad, and I apologize. Now look at that. Now, don't you feel bad? You should feel bad. Your music is bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> Captain Carnage asks, do you believe Nintendo will revive some of their older RPG series when they go mobile? Oh, Nintendo RPG? Well, I mean, Ninte what, yeah, I mean, what Nintendo RPG really series? RPGs. Yeah. I think he probably means RPGs that were released <clears throat> in Nintendo, and at that point, we're really talking about other people's games. And those have already been released on mobile platforms. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because let's face it, Square did most of it. It's been released. Uh, I think is Chrono Trigger out on mobile platforms. I know. I'll know a lot of Dragon Quest games are. I believe some Final Fantasy games are. <clears throat> I don't know. I I I do not believe that Nintendo's motivation is to re-release old games via mobile. Yeah, I think these will be new IP, not new IPs necessarily, but they will be new games based on existing IP. And they, if interestingly said, no IP is off the table. So you could be, you could see Mario, you could see Zelda, you could see uh, there could be some really interesting Pokemon apps. 
yeah that in- I, interact with other games on the i could totally see that on other systems so look more for that than re-releases of old games a la virtual console agreed agreed all right uh edge the lucas asks which game do you think could be an esport that the general audience not just gamers can understand and get excited about as much as regular sports if there is even one right now i would argue there is not one um, yeah, I, I would say there probably isn't one either for the reason i said uh, the idea that there's a magic game that can get people interested in esports i don't think i think that's a that's a northwest passage it doesn't exist um I, like I was saying, like I really love Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't follow it on esports. I just can't. I'm not interested in it. Yeah, I've yep. tried. I've tried. Um, if that doesn't work, I don't know if anything else would. Um, modifying that question into what are some games that are not really used in esports that might be a good fit, though. Right. Hell if I know. Uh, <laughs> good point. Um, Super Monkey Ball. Maybe. Super Monkey Ball's a fun game to watch and a fun game to play. There's not um, enough Super Monkey Ball love out there, frankly. Yeah, Super Monkey Ball was a great, fun game. This was, was, was awesome. Uh, we turned that into a multiplayer eSport game, even though it wasn't really one. So, oh. whatever. Uh, I don't think there is one either, and I don't think there probably will be one. I just, uh, you know, from my own kind of perspective, uh, it's going to be very difficult for a video game to have that kind of broad appeal in a competitive way we're just now getting to a point where games can be appealing to the general audience just in and of itself like something like candy crush or you know what have you you know pac-man fever in the 80s right pac-man fever right so you know it's tough you have to go through evolutions of these things right there has to first be games that can can broadly appeal and then a game that broadly appeals because you can watch it just as much as you can play it i'm not sure that's right around the corner um, the Lord of Nothing says, "Hey, I see somebody doesn't like esports. <laughs> Want to fight about well, it? Yeah. Well, I wish that was where it went. But but what do you think of games getting multiplayer that don't need it, like Dragon Age? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I suppose in theory, adding functionality to a game is not necessarily a bad thing unless it." makes the other portions suffer. Mm-hmm. I think I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, no, no more elaboration. Nope. Just leaving it right there. Okay. Just gonna plopping just it gonna down s- on the table. S- stick it right out. Big old turd in a punch bowl. Everyone's just, watching it turn. Yeah. Um, turning and turning. I, you know, I, Competitive Missile Command would be awesome. I think, yeah, well, there you go. (laughs) I I actually think, I I agree, Missile Command's a great competitor. Anyway, um, I really like, I tend to really enjoy, as a a gamer myself, I tend to really enjoy excellent one-player experiences in video games. Games that are designed from the ground up to be really, really great one-player games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like like Skyrim, right? Skyrim is never ever meant to be a multiplayer game. It's meant to be an epic adventure for a single player to play an RPG. Some people can call that old. Some people can call that a worn format. But I just think it, it's you know 
with the right creativity, those are the most fun games to have. And unlike a lot of games, you know, you, why jerry-rig that? Why, why put, why throw multiplayer in there at the at the last second just to make it multiplayer? You don't have to have a multiplayer game to make it fun. I think a lot of people now, a lot of development studios nowadays feel they do, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's I, true. Like I was saying, as long as it doesn't affect development time, which you know it does in certain cases, as long as it doesn't yeah. affect development time on the main game, right. what it's supposed to excel at, then yes. Sh- fine whatever add whatever right. you want but like the uh, multiplayer in goldeneye which was like thrown in like a week before the, the game was released i know which ended up being amazing anyway. yeah just but, 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 so there's 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 you know precedent for this <clears throat> all right um let's see our good buddy anton asks with andros optical, with optical discs came more cinematic experiences uh watch is greater than play when are cinematic games done well, and when are they not? Ooh. <clears throat> what a great question. Watch. What a great audience. He said, <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. What a great audience. What a great audience. Uh, watch is better than play, he says. Uh, well, yeah, like, 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 I mean, not, not greater than play, but, but I mean, in terms of watch dominates the experience over play in some ways, right? I would say in those instances, that's where it's done poorly, actually. Uh, bless you. Um, uh, it's allergy season. Uh, allergic to well, snow. Allergy season's right around the corner. Yeah, it's it's there. Hey, uh, got any gum? Yeah, get any yeah, gum? <laughs> All right, inside joke. Um, Was it really inside? I don't even know what that's from. I doubt anyone remembers. Is some yeah. sort of Saturday Night Live so, something skit. that that something that David Letterman did for like three years back in the nineties. Anyway, go ahead. Um, what was the question? Uh, so, yeah. when I would say a lot of early optical media games did it poorly. Yeah, um, because it was just about that they, concept. Like, they could do it, so they did. Right. Uh, in, in There's an adage in movie storytelling, show, don't tell. It's better to show something rather than just tell uh, the exposition. In right. that way, I would say in games, it's better to play, not show. Yes. Um, you would rather experience something in a game that furthers the plot than just watch a cutscene of it. Um, yes, a lot of games with too many cutscenes, like the Xenosaga games, um, basically known for being essentially movies. You know, um, there is one. Was it? Mod, uh, here's a good example of one that doesn't do it so well. Is uh, Modern, uh, shoot, what's it called? Call of Duty Modern Warfare? The one with, like, fake, um, or, well, it's it's uh, Kevin Spacey as fake Frank Underwood um, in, in the game. And there's this one point early on in the game where, like, your best buddy dies in a gunfight. And yeah. so <clears throat> you are, it's just, you know, uh, cutscene, 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 cutscene. And then there's this one point where it, it's like you are at a funeral at Arlington and you are now interacting with the the area and you can like go up and pay your respects by oh pressing a button. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, respects. oh, you're totally playing the game now. It's like, no, I'm still just watching a cutscene because I can literally do nothing else but walk up and pay respects. Right. That's it. Yeah, it's not like press X to pay respects, press Y to <coughs> take a dump on your friend's grave. <laughs> Which would be an interesting choice, right? right. Uh, one where... It could be called a game to some extent. You know? Right, and then there's another one where uh, 
in Fark, I, I I haven't played the game, but I thought this was really interesting when I heard about this. I think it's Far Cry Four, Far Cry Three, one okay. of them, where and forgive me, I cannot recall the the exact plot, but like you go to this island or whatever, and there's this guy who asks you to wait for wait for him to come back, and the point of the game is is that you don't. And that causes some sort of misunderstanding, which winds up, you know, basically he comes after you, trying to kill you, and you have to kill him at the end of the game. Yeah. If you just wait like 15 minutes at the beginning of the game, then you work out whatever the problem was in the first place and the game ends. Wow. Like, that's really interesting. I think I got a little off topic here um, in terms of, you know, but but the thing is, is like, that's interesting because that gives you actual agency in the game. It's not just a cutscene of... Oh, I'm gonna leave this place and cause a ruckus because whatever, you know. Uh, you actually like have rule. that choice. The the rule that you made is 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 Far good for me. It is it is um, play is better than show. I think there's a you know when when we came up in the in the first 3D era where cutscenes were amazing. You know, oh, I got this cutscene. Now we're oh, everybody everybody shut up. We're gonna watch this cutscene for the next right. two minutes. Right. right? And and now it's kind of like oh god another cutscene right I mean mm-hmm. so there is there is there is such thing as you know, too much of a good thing and yeah. I think like CGI you know, in movies today yeah absolutely too much of a good thing I'm not saying I don't like CGI in movies I'm not saying I don't like great special effects but if every movie in the world has great special effects then what really differentiates any movies anymore um, <laughs> when everyone's special then no one is uh, exactly. So anyway, I, I like the rule you made there. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. Good. Um, all right. Uh, Dylan asks, "What was your first job, and how much did you hate it?" <laughs> uh, <clears throat> my first job was a paper boy when I was nine years old. Um, how much did you hate it? <sighs> so being a paper boy in Vermont isn't all that fun in the winter. I'll put it that way. No, and it's hard to ride a hill. Or ride a bike on all those hit mountains. So, uh, yeah, it was useful and it was nice having expendable income as a nine-year-old. Yeah. So I can't say I hated it. Hated it. But there were parts that were not that fun. Like getting up early in the morning to deliver papers on a Sunday morning or Saturday morning. Yeah. Frankly, especially when you're a kid. No, it's just all right. Fair enough. Um... I was, let's see, my first job, well, I don't know if it was my technically my first, but I'll give you the one that I remember as my first. I was a, I was wait staff at a nursing, at a, not a nursing home, a retirement community. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I actually pretty much enjoyed it. It was, it was actually kind of fun. A lot of downtime, um, you know, and, uh, hitting you know. Hitting on the old ladies. Hitting on the old ladies. <laughs> Um, having them write you into their wills. Yep. Give them, you know, slip the keys <laughs> right out of their, from their wheelchair, right <laughs> under the table. Um, no, I, 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 I didn't really hate it. I, I really didn't hate it. I, I was ready to, to, to leave once I, cause I only really kind of worked there in the summers. Um, so, you know, I was ready to, by the time the summer was over. <laughs> Wait, you were ready to what? By the time the summer was over? I was ready to. Get the hell out of there. Oh, okay. I took that, um, took that a different way. Yeah, yeah. No, I was ready to, you know what I mean, <laughs> go and, uh, yeah. 
Um, Stubby Bro asks, should I stay with a woman who is mentally instable? I think he means unstable. It's a rough, it's a rough road. Um, well, really? Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. <clears throat> but really, what woman, what woman is not mentally unstable? Hey, uh, hey, okay. Now that that's out of the way. Yeah, the actual question. You're going to see the the horrible hate from everyone in the, in the channel. Yeah, um, you know, I, joke, joke, people. Having having uh, having seen my fair share of said mentally unstable uh, significant others, I can say definitively that it is not worth uh, your time and effort to stay with someone who is mentally unstable. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't remain with someone specifically because they have a mental, you know, uh, or they have some kind of, uh, you know, emotional shortcoming or something like that. You know, like a, you know, if someone is clinically depressed, it doesn't mean you necessarily need to dump them and move on, right? That doesn't, that's not mentally unstable. I take mentally unstable to mean that it is absolutely impossible to hold like a regular conversation with them because they're all over the place and you don't know whether you're going to get punched or you're going to get kissed. Right after you say the next sentence. Yeah. Zodiac That's brings the up the good point. What does unstable exactly mean? Um, yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily just quit on someone because they might be having problems, uh, depression problems or any number of mental uh, or, or, or stability issues, you know. Yeah. The, um, you know, especially if it's someone that you really care about, it's worth trying to work it out it it's times like that i have to you know really bow to the wisdom of kenny rogers where you got to know when to hold him no one to fold him no one to no one to deal the cards no one to run no one to watch some super smash brothers at evo want to play go fish with me play some jigglypuff and pwn some sluts now here is a question that uh, I think we're all going to like here. This is from Alatar. If you had to choose one of the following vices to pick up for the next 10 years, which would you choose? One, smoking cigarettes. Two, chronic gambling. Three, chronic overeating plus a sedentary lifestyle. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, first off, because I was reading, I was reading the, the, the chat was catching up to our, our previous question nash has a very good point which is what i was trying to go for but he says it better mental dif- mental difficulties is one thing toxic is something to avoid that's totally that's agree <clears throat> yeah okay toxic will, will kill you so, it'll get you every time so we are choosing a vice for the next two years or we're choosing one to avoid 10 wait what you're choosing a vice that you are picking up okay for, for the 10 next years 10 years and you have to choose between three smoking cigarettes <sighs> chronic gambling or chronic overeating and a sedentary lifestyle 10 years tough isn't it i really hate smoking i just hate the smell of smoking yeah and 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 smoking like and by the way it says smoking cigarettes so you're talking about inhaling smoke into your lungs for 10 years for 10 years but Which I I, I would know. assume if I'm picking up this vice, I like it. So 
maybe I'd go with that. Also because there's so many places nowadays, in America at least, where you cannot smoke. So it would make it a little right. bit easier to keep under control. Yep. Uh, sedentary li- lifestyle and overeating can have lots of issues, not just with your your appearance, but like all sorts of health issues. And uh, chronic but if gambling... You did that, if you did that for 10 years, you could probably recover. Yeah. If you started right now and you did it for 10 years, you could probably recover. If you smoke for 10 years, you're probably never going to live that down. Oh, I don't know about that. If you started smoking right now... For 10 years? Ten, you would be, you 10 would be years what? is not you'd a death sentence. 40, you'd be 43 when you stop smoking? Yeah, I think I'll pick it up. You, you, there will be irreversible damage to your lungs. <laughs> Your irreversible damage to my lungs. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Uh, I would definitely not choose the gambling because that could lead to major issues. Uh, Like severe severe debt. Smoking cigarettes for 10 years doesn't cause cause major issues. Is death not a major issue to you? If you piss off Jimmy the Zamboni and, and he comes and breaks your arms... That's a health issue. Nobody said illegal gambling. They said chronic gambling. Chronic gambling can lead to loan sharking. Just saying. Man, I don't know. Jimmy the Zamboni seems like a tough character. But I I would say that smoking cigarettes to me would be the least attractive one. And and you're speaking from somebody that smokes cigars, right? Smoking cigarettes, absolutely 100%. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that is not one I would do because I I think at this point in my life and I, I have chronic asthma as well I should say that so as a chronic asthmatic, smoking cigarettes would be the worst thing I could do for the next ten years. Um, in terms of you know chronic gambling, you know gambling away house and home, you know getting left behind by your uh, like you could you you can break your family up if, if family you're a chronic gambler. and and if you you're lose fat, all your stuff, who cares? Yeah. If you smoke, yeah. it doesn't really affect your relationships with other people. If you're no, a chronic right. gambler, that can be real yeah. big. I, I that's why I say my ma- the one I definitely do not want is chronic gambling. The other two, I'm kind of wishy washy on. I think I'd take chronic eating plus a sedentary lifestyle for the simple reason that I think I could recover after ten years. I think after ten years, we could turn it around. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And also Jimmy the Zamboni sounds like a guy. Who uh, picked the overeating vice? Jimmy, just Jimmy the Zamboni. <laughs> hey Jimmy, hey Jimmy the Zamboni, give me a hundred dollars. All right, let's I'll see. Pay you back uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I'll pay or you, you back can, Wednesday, or you can break my arms. Um. Oh yeah, cigarettes right. are expensive too, though. That's true. Cigarettes are very expensive. So you know, the cigarettes thing is just awful because it's monetary, it's family, it's also health restriction problem. Like, you just got to layer the problems on for smoking cigarettes for 10 years. Okay. Um, 10 years is a long time. Maki asks, if you two had to LARP, please explain what your characters would be like. Well, what kind of LARP, Maki? That doesn't really help us. So is that a, a LARP in, uh, you know, vampire LARP? Zombie LARP? I've done zombie LARP. You've zombie LARP before. Yeah, Gen Con. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I'm, I'm just telling everybody. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I've never LARP before at all, but but uh, were I to do so, I should think a, a like a, like a contemporary zombie LARP would be more fun for me. Yeah, than that's not so bad. Fantasy. Because yeah. because it's more it's more easy. 
it's it's easier to kind of get into a zombie LARP. I mean, not as a zombie, but as a survivor. You just are basically yourself, you know. I'm not a cosplayer, so that's that's easier for me to get into. And I and if you're like wandering around in some sort of a dilapidated train station or something, you can be like, oh, I could totally buy this as being a zombie apocalypse. You know, it's a little bit easier to get into. I could see that. You rather know, than you know, going out to a forest and, and believing the dragons are flying around. Exactly, and, and you got like little Nerf guns, which bolts. I mean, I mean, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. But I mean, like you have Nerf guns to shoot the zombies, which I mean, is in that stupid movie that we were talking about. They actually, did of that course, it was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, zombie LARPing I can get into. It's hard. It's h- I've never done it. I imagine it's harder in a fantasy, fantasy setting to LARP. Um, meh. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, but I, I, I agree with that. I would say, you know, some of the most fun I've ever had in, in some of the tabletop stuff that we did was when we just played ourselves in a game in the future. I thought that was fun. Uh, yes, that w- Oh, the D twenty game, yes, yeah, that, that was, was that wasn't a lark, but it, but it was still that was interesting, yeah. All right, um, let's see. Sonic Rose, God bless her, has asked me like seven questions, so um, <laughs> so I I'm I'm hurriedly reading through them so I can pick one to ask that I think is pretty good. Here we go. I'm going to ask this one. Screw Nintendo. You actually just love the CDI, don't you? That's a fair yes. question. You really do. I do. I love the CDI. Watch Marriott. I love the CDI for the same reasons that people love, you know, it's, 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 it's pure nostalgia. It is pure kind of picking up something from a completely different era and being able to jump into it from today uh, with, the, with the hindsight 2020 kind of glasses. Although we're getting to that point where now, I, like I plugged in a couple, I plugged in a game called Marco Polo. It looks very interesting. It's incredibly complex. Picture kind of like, it is the Crusader Kings 2 of the CDI. And there's so much going on that, like, I have no time to sit and learn this game or have this annoying woman's voice explain to me how to play this game one screen at a time because I have to click and then load and then click and then load. And so it's just, it's so dated that, that I can't even play it, even though it might have been a very good game. So, I don't know. Also, Voyeur. I have Voyeur 2, by the way. I know. If we ever do another marathon, Voyeur 2 is on the list. Voyeur 2. And uh, I, I played it for about the first five minutes. Very different game than, than the Voyeur that we all know and love. Is it more like Night Very, Trap? It, it's, it's, I think it's actually... And I, again, I've only played it for five minutes. I haven't, even, I haven't even tried to complete the game. I was just trying to see how it worked. And the, the function of the game alone... It is, it, to me, it looks like a much better and much more cohesive way to do voyeur as a concept. Okay. Sounds um, interesting. Like, it actually looks, it actually seems pretty good um, and not so random and crazy the same way the first voyeur looked. I, I Hate Snow has an interesting comment, and it must be from New Hampshire or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know of a sane person who doesn't love the CDI. I don't know of a sane person who doesn't love the CDI. Yeah, it's a double negative. They, they could have said that differently, so, but I get it. I know of a sane person who loves the CDI. Cool. I, yeah. Makes sense to me. Right. Okay. Uh, Dr. Ruhu, if you could take, if you could only take one Star Wars movie with you to a deserted island, uh, and I'm guessing he, he also means you could watch it, which one would you guys bring? <laughs> no, I mean, just if you take just it. want to hug the DVD. Just, yeah. just, just hold it. 
He's holding my hands. Oh, oh, I love you. I love you, Phantom Menace. That sounds so depressing. I'm not that into Star Wars to watch it. I'm over not that and into over. Star Wars either. I mean, like I, that's like, that's because I mean, if, if if you had to take if you had to take ten movies to to Deserted Island, period, would you take a Star Wars movie? Oh, at hell all? no. You wouldn't take it. You wouldn't take any Star Wars movies. No. Would you take a Star Trek movie of any kind? Probably not. Frankly, I, don't think I would either. I would. I would have to go for stuff that there's a lot going on. Hmm. There's a lot to see, a lot that you could miss. Um, maybe something like Airplane, actually, because there's so much going on. It's like one of those movies you find something new every time. You airplane, you mean by Airplane, you mean the 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 spoof movie with Leslie Nielsen? Yeah, Airplane. It's called Airplane. I, I just didn't know if there was another airplane I was missing there. I don't think so. Um, uh, but I'd probably choose A New Hope just because it's my favorite one. Yeah. I would choose... I would probably choose Empire Strikes Back. Eh. It's okay, I, love I guess. It's got all the different textures and... <laughs> Geomancer had a comment that I will not repeat here, but funnily enough, I th- literally thought the same exact comment one second before I saw him write it, so... Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it, all right. It let, deals with Return of the Jedi. Just going to say that. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So, uh, w- you know, we have time for, for, I mean, we have time for whatever the hell we want. Let's just be honest. But we're going we're gonna to cut this thing off. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask one more question. Okay. I think, it's, I think we've, we've done enough of this. Thank you all for, for submitting the questions that you did. Uh, we appreciate it. All right, so a uh, good friend of the program, Pond Life, asks, so on the topic of sports, what was your favorite coming-of-age sports movie? The Mighty Ducks? The Sandlot? Has there been a good one recently? Coming-of-age sports movie. What do you think? Little Giants? Bring it on. Bring it on? Bring it on too. Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect is not a sports movie, but nice Aca- try. Acapella is sports. You should know this. Yeah, I know. I competed. Drumline. Um, Drumline. Yeah, I'm one to talk, right? I Competitive acapella. How could that be any more exciting than competitive games? You did right? that. I know. I did it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you were Aka amazing. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. So I would – let's see. <clears throat> Has there been any good – so my favorite sports coming of eight – Rudy? I, I didn't watch that till I was in college, but that's a very good one. Rudy is fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> War. Uh, <laughs> anyway. War. It's fantastic. Uh, Sam- I haven't seen that movie. See, speaking of, of, of hot shots, I haven't seen that. I got to see that movie again. I bet it's actually still as good as it was. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. It's got that hot chick from the Pee Wee Herman movie that you never saw. Uh, what? What? Yeah, what do you mean? She was in, she was in Pee Wee's Oh, Pee Wee's Big, Big Top? Top. Oh, yeah. I did never see that. Yeah. Um, Man, I remember Rookie of the Year. I don't know if that's the best. Rookie of the Year. No, not not, not the best. If remember it, not, not the best. Little Giants, the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> the wrestler, the wrestler is, is not a coming of age movie. Oh man, it was so beautiful. 
I don't, uh, man, I don't know. I can't think of one that really I thought was just bad amazing. Bad News Bears. Excellent, excellent coming of age movie. But, but we're obviously talking about the Walter Matthau version. Oh, we'd have to be. Um, Up oh, Space Jam. I'm going with Space Jam. Space Jam's not a coming of age movie. Yeah, it is. Hey, hey. Michael Jordan had an arc, a coming of age arc in that movie where he had quit and was playing baseball. And after his time with the Looney Tunes playing ba- basketball to save their world, he realized how much he loved basketball and went back to the Bulls. If right. that's not coming of age, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's the coming out of retirement. I think you're thinking of a, a, different, a different. Same thing. Um, I actually really do like Mighty Ducks. Uh, Mighty Ducks 2 more. Mighty Ducks is really good. You know what my favorite coming of age movie is though? Heavyweights. No. All right. So I I, I think uh, I I will say I think Rudy. I think Rudy is is probably the best coming of age sports movie. Maybe the best sports movie of all time. It's up there. It's up there. It's very good. How about the? Uh, so makes me that? tear up a little bit. Rudy is it's a it's a tearjerker. It's fantastic. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up right there because. Why, why talk more about Space Jam, honestly? Well, because of the one scene where they have to go get Michael Jordan's special UNC uh, shorts from his house. My favorite scene of the movie. Because UNC. Yeah. Uh, interesting fact. When Michael Jordan went to uh, play for the Chicago Bulls, Nike had decided to make a shoe specifically for Michael Jordan. So they went to him and they said, Michael... What colors would you like the shoe to be? And Michael said, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? And they said, well, we should really probably make it the color of your new team. The Bulls will make it red and black. And Michael Jordan said, no, you can't make it red. That's the color of the devil. Can we just make it Carolina blue? Yeah. They, and the guy said, hell no. And made a red shoe. <laughs> True story. True story. Uh, that's... A little anticlimactic at the end there, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway. So uh, right. b- before we run off, though, uh, b- 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 Doctor Rue, who says Rocky, uh, that's not a coming of age. Rocky's not a coming of age. But it's Rocky. He, he the says, last Rocky they made, Rocky, uh, Rocky Six, Rocky Balboa, Rocky Five, was yeah, terrible. Because Rocky Six was was Rocky Balboa. Right? Yes. So Rocky Five was the one where his son comes of age. So that could yes. be a coming of age story. Except it was terrible. Except uh, it was awful. And special uh, special note. Special note to Rocky Four, where Sylvester Stallone ends the Cold War. So Yes, right. Perfect. Special shout out. Thanks thanks Sylvester Stallone. Uh good job. <laughs> and if gaming okay. and if gaming is a sport, then the wizard is the best coming of age movie sports movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bingo. See, that ties us all together. Thank you, Metal Machine the, 80. Uh, the, the, go back and watch The Wizard, folks. We're going we're gonna to quiz you next time you come on. And Space Jam. Okay. And sp- well, I don't know. I, let's not get greedy here. Hey. Folks, we are a... Bill Murray was in Space Jam. That's true. Respect. It's true. I got respect for that. Um, we are <laughs> Ground- a bi-weekly show. Groundhog Day is my favorite coming of age sports movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, Caddyshack? Another Bill Murray movie coming away? I don't know. We will be back in exactly two weeks because that's what we do now. We're every two weeks. That's not. We're not twice a month anymore. We're not the first and third of anything. We are every two weeks. So we will will be back April 8th. uh, Wednesday, April 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. 
Uh, hope you all have a wonderful April Fool's Day. Yeah. Don't take any wooden nickels. That's my only advice for you on, on April Fool's Day. Sorry. Or, uh, yeah, don't let anybody else sign your checks. Directly from Jerry Stiller. <laughs> um, heavyweights references abound. We're okay. going to quiz you on heavyweights, too, next time. We're going to quiz you on heavyweights, because life is a quiz on heavyweights. <laughs> um, when you really think about it. So, thank you all for being a part of the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Grey Wolf. Thank you for those of you that asked questions, whether we answered them live or not. We didn't get to it. Doesn't mean I don't like you. It just means ask your question for the next time. So save it up. Um, by the way, if you have suggestions for the program, you'd like to see a topic of your choosing, please feel free. Let us know. You can tweet at me at It's the Commodore. Where can they find you, Mr. Ruski? They can find me at Ru underscore C-O-T-G-W. Please tweet at us and tell us how much you enjoy Paul Blart Mallclop and Jeremy Part Lin. Two. Yes. yes. Lin for the Lin sanity. Yes. We have gotten away from the Lin sanity. Just you can never get away from the uh, Lin sanity. You can take the Lin out of Lin sanity. But you can't take, you can the, take the Lin sanity out of Echo Screen Live. You can take the Lin, Jeremy Lin out of the New York Knicks, but you can never take the sanity out of Lin sanity. That's that's true. I mean, that's 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 science. That's undeniable fact. I think we're a little tired at this point. I think we're not only are we tired, it's like, when is the show going to end? Never. All these all these people are watching this going, and we thought competitive gaming was boring. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, thank you all for watching. We appreciate you here at uh, the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As I, I said, the bi-weekly podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf for Rue. I am the Commodore, and there is no reset button. Yeah, for it. Here's some real cat face. He's right here. I hope you're happy. Take that, you bastards. Take him. Take him. There you go. The end. Give the people what they want. What?